Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. So let's go ahead and jump into the episode. This one here is director Neil Marshall's 2019 reboot of Hellboy. So here's a quick history on me as a viewer of Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy films. I'm actually a pretty big fan of these. I think the action and comedy along with the fantasy elements are blended very well. And I'm actually going to try to do my best to not compare the two a lot. It's going to be unavoidable and I'm going to go into some comparisons. I will state that I have not read a Hellboy comic before in my life. I do know that the 2019 Hellboy is supposed to be closer to the comics in tone and I guess feel throughout the entire movie and even more true to the character potentially and various characters that are shown here in the film. However, I don't know if that's true or not. I do know that this movie has a distinct darker feel to it and also has a little bit of an identity crisis. So the first thing I want to get off my chest as far as this goes is that the movie is a mess. Uh, Story and plot-wise, it is an absolute mess. It makes next to no sense, and it has some severe pacing issues. I don't know if it's because of some of the onset drama that was reported after the movie was released, because when this flopped, then you had producers, directors playing the blame game, and surprisingly enough, that star... David Harbour, who took over from Ron Perlman in the Guillermo del Toro films, well, he kind of took the high road here because he didn't really say too much on it and simply stated that he tried his best to make a good movie and he doesn't think there will be another one, but he didn't really pay too much attention to the critics who outright panned the movie and he also didn't really pay attention to box office. I don't think that's actually true. However, it's good to see that he didn't act the way the producers did or even Neil Marshall, the director, because I do know it was a little bit of a he said, she said type of situation. And also the fact that the producers were probably one of the main problems of why this movie turned out the way it did. So if you can't guess by my tone or with the way that I started this episode off, I didn't really care for this movie I didn't really care for it much at all. I said that it has a severe identity crisis because it doesn't know what it really wants to be. It doesn't know if it wants to be an all-out action film. It doesn't know if it wants to be a comedy. And then it also doesn't know if it wants to be a horror film. With a little bit of, I guess, better script writing, they might have been able to craft a movie that could be all three. I know that other films have done such a thing as far as crossover appeal and different genres and such. However, here it doesn't work at all. I think they were trying to maybe appeal to the people that like the Guillermo del Toro films by including comedy and such throughout. However, it doesn't have the creativity that Guillermo del Toro added to his films. I do understand that one of the big criticisms of Del Toro's movie is the fact that we weren't getting an actual Hellboy movie. Instead, we were getting a Guillermo Del Toro movie with all of his fantasy elements that just so happens to star Hellboy. And 
I can understand that criticism on that, but it's also one of the reasons of why I love the first two Hellboy films. They're a lot of fun, and I think they provide a good story. And then I also like the storybook and, I guess, fairy tale type of ideas that was incorporated into it. But here, we have a lot of that missing. There's not a whole lot of fantasy stuff, but instead there's a lot of horror fantasy. And some of the horror aspects are actually handled pretty well. I really liked the character of Baba Yaga. I thought that the character was actually kind of on the creepy side. No, I don't really get scared at any of that stuff. But it was actually kind of creepy, especially with the way the different contortions and movements of Baba Yaga were portrayed. And I was thinking when this was going on, I was thinking that it reminded me of the character known as the Jangly Man in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that just came out not too long ago. And sure enough, it was the same actor and it was a uh, contortionist. So the movements were almost exactly the same. And I thought some of the effects on the character itself was really well done. Some of the practical effects here are well done in the film. However, there is a lot of CGI that is very noticeably CGI. You will not confuse what is practical and what is computer animated here at all because it definitely sticks out. And while it did stick out in the Del Toro films, it actually was blended better than what it is here. And it kind of bothers me just a little bit because I feel like there is an actual good movie lurking somewhere beneath the, the poor scripting, some of the poor special effects, and some of the, I guess, pacing issues. I really do believe that there was a absolute decent film. It's just, I don't know, it seems like nothing came together to make a cohesive movie. Because what I was saying about the plot, the general plot involves King Arthur, Excalibur, the Blood Queen, who is played by Mila Jovovich here, and also Hellboy's destiny to bring forth the apocalypse. All of this is not really balanced well as far as uh, from a story aspect because everything is actually all over the place. It's literally all over the world. I guess they try to do this to make the story and the movie feel bigger, but I think in a lot of ways it made the story feel, I don't know, it made it feel very slow and dragging. I seriously thought that the movie was well over two hours and I was only about an hour and 20 minutes into the movie, maybe even an hour into the movie. I was thinking, all right, it's got to pick up, something's got to happen, and yet nothing really did happen. I forgot to mention, too, one other thing about the plot. Everyone's trying to kill Hellboy. Everyone's trying to kill him because of him bringing forth the apocalypse. Not only is the story hard to follow and not really coherent at all, you also have a whole bunch of dialogue that just feels like a just a bunch of filler. And I want to say that it's just all kind of ridiculous. But remember when I said that I think that there is an actual good movie lurking underneath somewhere in this film. 
I think somebody should actually go and make a fan edit of this movie and see what happens because it really wasn't bad as far as the acting. I think David Harbour actually did good with what he was given script-wise and everything. You also had a favorite from the show Deadwood. You had actor Ian McShane as Professor Broom, and he did a good job as well. And surprisingly enough, Mila Jovovich um, mostly was decent. And I really don't care for her at all. I kind of look at her her resume as strictly being the Resident Evil films. I know she's done other things, but I really don't care for the Resident Evil films at all. And I don't really buy her character in those films. However, here, she's not bad. But again, it's an actor trying to do the best with what they could with the poor scripting and the poor dialogue. It would actually be interesting to see a director's cut even of this. No, I'm not asking for a longer film. I'm asking for a more coherently edited film. Maybe that would make all the difference in the world. I do know that the producers took over. Director Neil Marshall, I'm surprised he didn't file a Alan Smithy on this movie because of the fact that he was not given final cut and I know that a lot of directors do not get final cut but apparently during the entire editing process he was locked out so he had no control over whatsoever how the movie actually came out. So in a lot of ways we actually have a Spider-Man 3 type of situation here. We have too many cooks in the kitchen as far as I know, this Hellboy movie had 17 producers on it, and all of them were at war with each other, including being at war with the director. I do know that David Harbour wound up refusing to shoot additional scenes, and I think that's probably because of the chaos that happened on set. He never spoke out about it, and I don't think he would because he appears to be a class act. He thinks of it as something as being in his past, probably, and that's good enough for him. You know, they tried and it didn't work, so he's going to move on to more Stranger Things, potentially. The only other thing that I can think of that might have helped save this movie is if they would have stuck to one type of film. And that's, you know, if they would have stuck with the absolute horror aspect or the comedy aspect, or even the all-out action. I mean, there's moments where you think the movie's going to bust into just becoming an action film, and maybe that would have worked to its benefit. I don't know. What I do get here is the fact that the movie just simply did not work with all the elements involved, including the original creator of the Hellboy comic. And the most interesting thing about this is because even when the reboot was being put into production, Guillermo del Toro still went and set about doing a Hellboy 3 to the original creator and also to Ron Perlman. And well, Mike Mignola, he said no. In a lot of ways, I'm kind of glad that this flopped. I'm glad that it flopped just specifically so that we don't get any more sequels to a bad movie. Did I want to see this movie flop? Not really. Did I absolutely want to see a reboot of Hellboy? No, I would have much preferred to finish out the Hellboy trilogy with Hellboy 3. And I do know that that would have involved Hellboy actually 
bringing forth the end of the world in order to save the world. And I actually think that that was kind of an interesting idea. And they did play with that idea here, which I think is kind of funny. I don't know if that was a little jab at Del Toro, if it was a little wink and nod at the fans to, hey, well, you didn't get the movie you wanted, but this is what you got. And we're giving you a little taste of what it might have been. I don't know. One other thing before I close out this episode, I do want to say about the movie being rated R. I think within the first five or six words, we do get some profanity, and it kind of made me go, seriously, guys? I understand it's an R-rated film, but did we really need that? A lot of the times when profanity is used in the movie, it didn't have to be. I don't know if they were really trying to push the Deadpool or Logan type of idea here, but I really think that that's one of the things that they did. The movie is somewhat on the gory side, you do see blood fly at the camera quite a few times. And I guess that's another thing to say, hey, this is an R-rated movie. We get to see people get ripped apart, skinned, all kinds of things. And it's all in its CGI glory, and it looks like crap. So, thank you. This is what an R-rating gets us. No, I'm not like a prude or anything like that. I mean, I'm... I'm fine with gore, I'm fine with profanity, I'm fine with the movie being rated R, but it seems like it was overdone here just specifically because, hey, we can, and it's R-rated. If you watch the movie, or if you have seen it, think about the stuff that's actually in the movie, and it does seem over the top. Maybe that would have been a proper way to go with the movie too, is to do an over-the-top action, gory film. I don't know. I mean, maybe that could have helped it. But with what they presented here, it wasn't exactly the best of choices. And probably should have been handled with a little bit more class than constantly reminding us we're watching an R-rated film. It was very obvious and poorly done. Just like a lot of the movie. So, I don't know. I can't really recommend this movie to, to you guys if you like Hellboy. By all means, go out there and see it if you haven't seen it. I would imagine if you're a fan, you would have seen it by now. So, I don't know. I got to rent it for 99 cents. I don't mind the 99 cents spent on it. However, well, I'm probably not ever going to watch it again. But with that being said, I think I'm going to close out this episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, check out my website at adamanalyzes.com. You can actually reach me at uh, either my Twitter or my Instagram. If you want to shoot me an email, you can send me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out some of our other shows, such as Inner Honest Opinion, which is our main podcast. Check out Marvin's podcast, which is Buddy Talks. That actually has some pretty awesome retro stuff I think you guys would like. And also, we like reviews. We love those digital hugs. So if you have a free moment, and if you just give the show a review, I would definitely appreciate that as well. But with that being said, good night. <laughs>